Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. In many of our episodes the past three seasons, we have kept the main character or punchline hidden until the end. But on this episode, I'm going to hide the main character right out in the open. A guy by the name of Josephus Daniels. Does that ring a bell? Well, the story isn't so much about what this individual accomplished, and I mean accomplished he was, but it's more about what his name is synonymous with. And what if I told you that your favorite history podcast has a vague connection to him? And so do you every time you listen into one of our episodes. What am I referring to? Well, you'll have to continue to listen and stick with us. I got my cup of joe and I hope you do too. Cheers everyone, let's get started. In season two, episode 29, Happy Birthday to Who, I told the story behind the iconic song that has become synonymous with birthday celebrations around the world. And you've heard Phil and I wish our loved ones happy birthday on past episodes of The Missing Chapter. Now, we want to extend that on-air shout-out opportunity to you, our loyal listeners. Email us at themissingchapterpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram and let us do the rest. Birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, what better way to celebrate life's accomplishments than with a personalized message on one of Spotify's most popular podcasts. So email us today at themissingchapterpodcast at gmail.com or message us on social media and let's get started. I'm Phil Schaff. And I'm Phil Horner, And we look forward to adding one of your celebrations to the History Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Missing Chapter Podcast. I am Phil Horner here with Phil Schaff. We Hello. are sitting down. We are having another cup of coffee from uh, Utica Coffee Roasting Company. Thank you to them. This is their uh, Adirondack blend. Not dark Adirondack, just general Adirondack. It's clean. It's sweet. It's got a nutty taste to it, and it's one of our favorites. It's good for summer. It's good for winter. Anytime you'd like to have it. All encompassing. That's right. We hope you guys are having a nice summer vacation. We here at The Missing Chapter uh, uh, certainly are. We're enjoying ourselves, enjoying our time away from school, but we're also getting anxious and getting that that excitement to to kind of go back to our routine, Phil, and return and see some familiar faces, both uh, the students we're fortunate enough to work with and some coworkers. And might I add, it is our 50th episode of season three. Can you can you believe it? I can't. I know that's cliche to say, but the thing that we're in season three and we've you know been, been fortunate enough to, to have as many episodes as we've had and we have the following that we do. We're... It's been really above and beyond what we ever anticipated. 100%. Yeah. We've always said it, and it continues to hold true. Um, this episode today, and the intro, we, we said it. there's an indirect, somewhat of a connection to our uh, our podcast. Um, there is, uh, I don't know, an overarching theme here. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of a mystery involved, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the punchline a little bit later. I want to set up the, the outline here to give you a little background. We're gonna now, s- if I could. Yeah. Before you get started, you did something a little bit different because we tend to hold back on, on the name. Correct. We'll tell you the story and people are like, this is a great story. Who is it? And we kind of reveal who the person is later on. You're flipping that for us for today. You told us yeah. the person. Yeah. 
And now we're getting into the story with a twist at the end. Yeah, you know what's okay. bizarre about it is the his his name has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what he did and what he does has something to do with it. Okay, but there's there's like an after effect of his life that we hear all the time. Sounds good. All right, let's, let's get it. into it. Um, so as I mentioned in the intro, the main character's name is Josephus Daniels. He's born in Washington, North Carolina on May 18th, 1862 to um, Josephus and Mary Seabrook Daniels. Daniels' father was a, a shipbuilder um, for the Confederacy and was killed in a steamship in 1865. And then soon after, he and his mother moved to Wilson, North Carolina, which is about 50 miles east of Raleigh. Um, so there the mother became a postal worker. She enrolled at the Wilson Collegiate Institute. And in Wilson, Daniels worked tons of jobs, including picking cotton, working in a drugstore, printing office, all sorts of things. One of the things he loved to do, though, is, uh, is he loved to write um, and discover. And he, he, was a, he was a journalist uh, by trade, and I think a journalist at heart, too. He ended up becoming editor of the Wilson Advance. He also became an editor uh, later on at uh, what's called Our Free Blade. And um, he took on some progressive political viewpoints, all right? And that's the, that has something to do with it a little bit later on as well. So kind of um, a modest upbringing, um, obviously having the tragedy in his life uh, where, you know, his father um, wasn't always with him, uh, of course. But um, one of the things that I, I think we'll point out here right now is that there was, a, there was an element of his journalist writing which, which would eventually gained the attention of some very prominent figures. And we'll okay. talk about that in a minute. In 1882, he bought the Wilson Advance and also established the Free Press in Kinston, uh, North Carolina. While writing for the Free Press, Daniel supported presidential candidate Grover Cleveland and the Democratic Party. And he became partial owner of the Rocky Mountain Reporter and president of the North Carolina Press Association. So he's gaining some clout here. Uh, he became a very prominent journalist and newspaper editor um, all over North Carolina. Now, as I mentioned, because of his writings, because of his knowledge and his, his prominence, he's now gaining some attention. Um, in 1892, he's appointed the, to the Department of Interior under Grover Cleveland. So obviously wow. he gained Grover Cleveland's attention. But he left after two years to return to North Carolina. Something drew him back. He was a member, member of the Democratic Executive Committee and supported Woodrow Wilson in the 1912 presidential election. And even though some of his political standpoints were I would say questionable okay. at best. Some of, uh, I would say a little bit of a checkered past, the little that I, I delved deeper into uh, some of the things he supported um, and promoted, I, I, I question wholeheartedly. But for his support, Daniels was appointed to Secretary of the Navy, okay? Wow. A position that he filled from 1913 to 1921. So obviously that that's a pretty tumultuous yeah, time period I, here. You know, there's something there's something great anytime we talk about a story that's a rag to riches story somebody who starts out from a very you know meager beginning and 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 works his or her ways up through through the ranks and it seems like a pretty quick ascent i it, mean and i'm leaving some parts out but yeah. yes it does seem like a pretty quick ascent um rags to riches through and through now i think this is where you think i'm headed and i may have done this on purpose all right but during his tenure as Secretary of the Navy is where the rest of the episode is going to head. Okay. So Daniels opposed corrupt military contractors. He wanted to increase the number of Navy chaplains. He supported shipboard schools and appointed Franklin Delano Roosevelt as his assistant Secretary of the Navy. Okay. 
So he has a goal and mission. He wants to keep the United States on top. He wants the Navy to be a, a, a feared entity throughout the world. Um, and it was under this position, though, as Secretary of the Navy, uh, that he's most noted for. And it was during this time he makes a decision that will make history, but not in the way you'd might expect. All right, just to let everyone know, Missing Chapter fans, I've poured myself a second cup of coffee, <laughs> and I'm not going to make you wait. I'm not going to make you wait because I don't want to wait. Phil, you, you haven't you know, let, let me on to anything that, that our listeners don't know. So you left us hanging. Let's get to it. Secretary of the Navy. Right. Josephus Daniels. Wanted to make sure the country, you know, was in top standing in the world, right? As I mentioned, he wanted to rid corruption and eliminate anything that would in, inhibit our position as the, you know, the, the supreme power of the top of the world, okay? Now, what could he do to ensure that our prowess uh, was up there amongst everybody while diminishing any chances of distractions? Now, see, the, the one thing is, you never want to distract a soldier in, in the battlefield. You never mm -hmm. want to distract a soldier or, or, or a, um, you know, a Navy vessel for, for just a second. It could, right. It could throw the entire, you know, the, the idea of the adage that, you know, the rudder is very, very small and mm -hmm. turning just a little bit will take the entire ship. So he wants to make sure that, that our focus is, is streamlined. So one of the things he does is going to, is going to create a, a, an impact that um, it, it, it's very, uh, how do I say, present day impact okay 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 so daniels prohibits alcohol for enlisted men and this is where the punchline begins according to legend sailors had to rely on something else to stay awake and keep entertained while out in the seas i think we've seen the light bulb moment for you listeners i saw phil's reaction i think he's onto something they weren't allowed to drink alcohol so what was the next strongest thing phil Better be our good friend coffee. It was coffee. So in typical sailor fashion, they drank their coffee in haste of the new alcohol ban. And they started calling coffee a cup of Josephus, which then, because of slang on a, on a battleship, was shortened to a cup of Joe. Did you hear that, Missing Chapter fans? We just came full circle. We started with our coffee pour. We're talking about someone who, I don't know, you probably don't know any background on. And we're back to coffee. But you know what's wild? Phil, I love this story. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild, though, because he had a, it is a really, I mean, pretty unbelievable yeah. story. Yeah. But the fact is, he's most known for his ban on alcohol. And we, we say, hey, pour me a cup of joe all the time. Right. I'm going to go through some just a very, very basic list of slang terms for coffee. You know, Joe, dirt, mud, Java, brew, cuppa, go juice, jitter juice, bean juice, brain juice, high octane, wakey juice. I saw that in a random site. Morning jolt, liquid energy, caffeine infusion, cupped lighting. Um, I, maybe that was a, a typo. Maybe I should have said lightning. It is for me. Leaded and unleaded. My dad says it all the time. Uh, rocket fuel, worm dirt. Um, and I, I've never heard of this one before. And if anyone can respond to this one and, and if, has heard someone say this, Gosh, I give him all the credit. C8H10N402, which apparently is the caffeine molecule. Hmm. Um, but of if, all those examples you just gave, it's the Joe. It's the average cup of, cup Joe. of Joe. Yes. Is 
is the one that kind of transcends time, transcends generations. I, I would wager to think even younger kids have heard that our parents have yes. heard it. So it's of all the ones, and I never, it, it's the beauty of this podcast, though we say this all the time, never did it th- dawn on me. It was named after a person. Who's Joe, and right? Who's Joe, or is it even a person's name? It, I never questioned it. And by the way, I slipped it into in the intro. I don't know if anyone noticed that. In the intro, I said, well, we'll have to continue and listen. Stick with us. I got my cup of Joe, and I hope you do too. Almost like a Sixth Sense movie. You're going to have to rewatch it and see if there's any clues, right? I love it. So if we if we get to the, the, the crux of this here, though, this is something that's very interesting. I want to point this out. I did say that it was legend. Legend has it, okay? Because there's a little bit more to the story here. Because the term Cup of Joe only appears in writing for the first time in 1930, which was long after the Navy's ban on alcohol. So truthfully, is it a legend? Is it not? Boy, there's a lot of evidence to support both claims. So I will tell you there's truthfully no clear answer. And here's another theory, a theory based on linguistics. The theory states that Joe is just a simplified form of the word Jamoke, which, listen to this, began as a nickname for coffee in the 19th century. It's in a combination of two words. You know, we've talked about this actually just a few minutes ago. Just a few minutes ago. Completely random conversation, not about this at all. Um, where it's uh, a combination of two words. Now, now the, the word is slipping. Um, I don't remember. I know, I know a colleague of ours used um, podcast. Yes, the, the, the combination of the, iPod and broadcast. And said, well, didn't you know that there's, there was an actual ELA term for that? Yes, and it's, uh, oh, there it is, portmanteau. Okay. I had to Google it. Um, so, yes, it's a portmanteau. So you have, you have a jamoke, which is, a nickname for coffee, combination of two words, Java and Mocha. Never did I know that prior to this episode. So therefore, a cup of Jamoke may have been shortened to a cup of Joe. Mm. All right. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, a third theory is based off of the meaning of the word Joe in slang, which, you know, like, hey, he's just an average Joe. And the Joe is just the common man on the street. And a cup of Joe is therefore just saying, hey, it's the common man's drink. So, all right. I mean, listen. All, all of those make sense. But I don't know. There, there's so much information you've provided that can that all be legend? Exactly. You I know, think- his entire background, his his rise to prominence within the military, the ban on alcohol, the introduction of coffee. It, it makes logical sense to me, Phil. And obviously, uh, you know, we're going to have an update on our merchandise and maybe, you know, we, we've always said we wanted a T-shirt that said, you know, with a cup of coffee on it that said you, you never have good conversations over water. Right. You know, a good cup of joe. So maybe we need a cup of joe with our listeners and say, hey, listen, let's let's boil this down and figure out what the answer, answer to this uh, average joe question is. Where did the cup of joe finally come from? Thank you for joining us, and until next time, I'm Phil Horander, and I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.